In this perspective series, you will see how the book of Nehemiah shows that you are uniquely needed. So we're in Nehemiah chapter 5. But the interesting thing is, if we just pause and look at the titles of the chapters before and after, and then look at chapter 5, it tells us really something interesting, which is our, our starting point for today. See, chapter 4 of Nehemiah is called Opposition to the Rebuilding. And chapter 6 is titled Further Opposition to the Rebuilding. And the chapter we're looking at today is called Nehemiah Helps the Poor. So, so this moment where Nehemiah helps the poor, where he fights injustice, where he um, kind of reflects on his own personal integrity and what he's doing and caring for the people around him daily happens sandwiched between opposition and further opposition. See, even in difficult circumstances, even when work or family life or, or the world around us is really, really busy, we need to prioritise caring for the people around us, caring for the poor, fighting injustice. Like the, these are not things we can wait and leave until we're, we're bigger or more established or things are quieter. Don't forget this time, the wall's half built. They've got opposition and pressure from people around them, the nations around them. The people are tired. You know, you've got some half of them building, half of them standing there with swords, getting ready to defend themselves. And in that moment, in those circumstances, Nehemiah prioritizes helping the poor and fighting injustice. See, when I, when I look at this, it brings to mind the story of the widow's might. You know, and she's, she's praised, she's, you know, commended to us for giving out of her lack. So whatever lack you feel now, time, money, compassion, <laughs> energy, whatever your, your, your moment of lack is that you're in just now, Nehemiah 5 says what we need to do is we need to prioritize the poor and justice. And, and even more so, we'll see as we go on in Nehemiah, actually towards the end of the book, they, they, start, they just stop doing the stuff that they committed to do. And so actually there's a sense that if Nehemiah hadn't taken this moment now in opposition and busyness and lack to prioritize these things, they never would have happened. And so what that means again for us is, you know, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next week, next month holds. And so actually, if I choose to delay caring for the people around me, if I choose to delay caring for the poor or, or being concerned about justice, then I may never have an opportunity. I may never remember. I may never be a priority for me to deal with some of these things. That's, that's the key heart behind what we see um, in Nehemiah 5. But what's interesting is if you look at um, verses 1 to 13, they all talk about this fight against um, institutional injustice. Now, what's interesting is you see here that there's a famine that is going on just now. And actually, that famine will be um, directly influenced by, if not caused, by the building project that Nehemiah is leading on. See, people have left their, um, their work to work on this project. They've reduced produce. You know, like because of that, there'll be less food, less produce available, which will have driven up costs. People have less income, so they've got less kind of you know money to be able to go and buy things, and so therefore they're struggling to cover their basic needs. And um, they've got the people around them in opposition that actually may even be reducing trade with them to put extra pressure on them. So these are these are incredibly dire circumstances, and because of them, the people that are working on the wall, the people that have committed to go and do the work that God has called them to, that Nehemiah has called them to, they're struggling to get food. 
And so at this this point of physical demand and labour, they're struggling basically to get food. And some of them are having to remortgage their, their goods. Now, when we see the word remortgage, it's not in the way that I would think of remortgaging. It's basically like a pawnbroker service. So for people who have money, they're going in there, selling them or kind of, you know, pawnbrokering their goods, giving them their goods, getting immediate cash to allow them to buy food or kind of care for their family. And they're doing that with the view to then being able to buy those things back, their, their vineyards, their kind of fields or whatever. And some of them are even having to go as far as selling their kids into slavery in order to have money. So they're, they're selling basically to, to kind of build and landowners, their children into work, again, with the view of being able to pay back the debts at a future point. There, there's even this um, suggestion, which is, is a you know, like just abhorrent, that these slave masters are then marrying people's daughters that are being given to them, or even there's um, some implication that they might just be being sexually abused. I mean, this is a horrendous situation and circumstance that Nehemiah is right in the middle of, directly related to his building project, the people that are there. And, and to make it worse, the people that are um, profiting in this circumstance, it's not the other nations around them that you know are exploiting the people of God. It's the Jewish nobles. It's their own people. It's their own people of God that are exploiting them. They're charging interest to people. So they're, they're profiting off it and obviously making it even harder for people then to get out of those debts. You know, Nehemiah is doing this as well. Like, you know, like when he makes these reforms, there's personal costs to him. The people that are acting as, as palm brokers and taking kind of land and fields and vineyards for the media cash, it's, it's their own Jewish people that are doing this. It's the same people, the people of God, that are taking people into slavery, taking people's children into slavery and then choosing to marry them and all sorts of stuff. And then my point is, he says, don't forget, you're, you're the people of God that, that God bought back. God won you back. He bought you back at a price and freed you. And now what you're doing is you're just you're making us a laughing stock because us people that have been freed are now enslaving each other. And so Nehemiah implements these huge, like like it's hugely significant reforms. He says basically, you need to return all of these pawnbrokered goods. So when you pawnbrokered and giving someone money and taking their field or the, or the or the vineyard, whatever it happens to be, you need to return those goods to them. You need to just give it back to them like that, like straight back. That's theirs. Give it back to them. Where you do loan, you need to stop charging interest. So you're loaning now to help the person and not to profiteer from their need and their, their sort of dire circumstance. And there's also this implication of loans being struck off, children being returned to their parents out of slavery from the, the work that they've been sold into. These are huge reforms. In, in, the, in the midst of this circumstance of opposition and pressure and this building project and delays and all this other stuff going on, these are significant reforms that Nehemiah implements. So what does that mean for us? Well, the way the people of God do business is of critical importance. Not just the way that we treat other Christians, but the way that we treat other people around us as well. How we, how we treat each other is fundamentally important is what Nehemiah 5 says to us. It also says, actually, we need to be wise about where we choose to adhere to worldly reforms or worldly kind of norms. See, what these people, what these Jewish nobles were doing was consistent with the world around them. Nehemiah says, yeah, yeah, but, but that is not good enough for the people of God. We are called to a higher standard. We are called to treat each other differently to the way that the world says it's okay to treat the people around you. 
And it says we have to fight injustice now. We cannot wait. Now, again, if you want to be cynical, you could say, oh, well, Nehemiah's just being smart here. You know, he's wanting these people to keep working and building, you know, the wall. And so he's just trying to make sure that he's looking after his workforce so he can get the most out. No, no, no. If you read Nehemiah 5, you will see that his motivation is not about bettering himself or his building project. These come at cost to him. This is about saying, actually, there is an injustice happening here and we need to do something about it now. Now, the second thing you see in verses, verses 14 to 16 is all around personal integrity. See, Nehemiah and some of his men, they could have taken the perks of their own. Nehemiah is the governor now, so and so that entitles him to, for one of a better term, free food and drinks. He's able to, he would be able to apply his own taxes to the people. He'd be able to kind of say that they need to give him some of their crops or their, or their kind of food and things like that as well. He has, he has all these perks that are, are um, entitled to him for his position. He, he could lord it over the people around him. But he says, no, 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 him and his men, it says, out of reverence for God, they devoted themselves to work and chose not to take these privileges for themselves. Now, again, what does that mean? Well, there might be um, privileges or advantages of your position even just in terms of kind of people treating you with deference or respect, let alone some of the perks that you might have. And it's not that, that Nehemiah would have been doing anything wrong if he'd been taking those. But actually, before God, he knew he wasn't supposed to take some of those privileges or perks. So again, what we see in Nehemiah 5 is a, a point for us to reflect on, is are there things that we are taking as privileges of our position that aren't wrong, but before God, he says, actually, no, no, I, I don't want you to focus on those things. Actually, I want you to be devoted to this other thing instead. Last thing you see in chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. Every day, Nehemiah is feeding 150 people. Now, when you start to think about the, the all the other stuff we've looked at, this, this becomes even more incredible. So Nehemiah is not taking um, any food from the people. He's not taking any of his, his privileges or perks from the people around him. Um, so although he could have claimed an entitlement as governor and kind of taken this food, he's not. So the food he's feeding them with is coming out of his own purse. It's at his own expense. He's also not treating this as a whining and dining experience. So this isn't just, he's, you know, he's basically getting kind of, you know, the, the elite and inviting them in and feeding them, you know, so that he gets kind of reciprocal benefits or kind of, you know, no, no, no. He's, he's feeding the people of God. He's feeding the, the workers, the people that are struggling to feed their families and, and this is all at personal cost during a famine. So the cost of food and the challenge to get all this food and stuff it will be even greater for Nehemiah. Now also, it's luxurious food. He's, 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 he's really caring for the people. He's not just kind of bring them in and saying, you know, crack open some own brand beans and basically give that to them and they should just be lucky to be in my plate. No, no. He is luxuriously caring for the people around him at his own expense. It's incredible. So... Whatever you've got to go on now, whatever you're listening to this, stop and pause. The poor around you cannot wait. Injustice cannot wait. Before God, there might be points of personal integrity that God's wanting to address you, not because you're doing anything wrong. It's not like, you know, kind of a, a, a kind of ruler across the knuckles. No, no. God just has maybe some stuff he wants to teach you about and show you, actually, no, I don't want you to take this. You know, trust me for this. Now, your job, your role, your position, you know, Nehemiah's governor might entitle you or put you in a, a place where you're able 
to, through your role, fight injustice. Great. Use it. But you can also use your voice, whatever your situation and circumstance. You know that some of this has been highlighted to Nehemiah. The people's voices have come to him and it has instigated change. So whatever your role or position, you still have a voice. You still have the ability to instigate change around you. And then you see generosity every single day from Nehemiah. Again, we started just with that thought of the widow's might. You know, and, and, and this isn't just around food or money. Actually, there are people that are in relational poverty around you just now. You have in you, by the way God has made you, in the circumstance you're in just now, something always that you can give to people around you. You're always able to care for those who are poor in all the different ways that they might be poor or have need. So whatever that thing that's come to mind, whatever that little bit of um, thought or grit in your eyes, maybe God's speaking about this, start there. But really, please, before we go into chapter six or any of the other things in AMI, just reflect the, the poor cannot wait, justice cannot wait, integrity cannot wait. If there's one thing that Nehemiah 5 teaches us, it's that. 